name is Fortune Teller Baba, and you're listening to the Hermit Style Podcast. Now, where's my brother? I need my 10 zenny back with 57 years interest. Welcome to the Hermit Style Podcast. Talking all about the Dragon Ball Supercard game. From competitive play to the world of collecting, with your host, Jimmy Bacon. Yo, yo, yo! What's up, everybody? Hermit Style Podcast. We're back. Today is Friday, December 3rd. Finally back from the long hiatus that was Nats. I appreciate everyone for... Sticking through for these past couple weeks, it's been too busy to get a pot out, but we're back, normal schedule, weekly podcast, and Nats is done. Nats is done. I gotta say, that'll definitely be one of the highlights of the year for me. That was so fun. The event was, I won't say the event itself, just the whole trip. The trip itself, phenomenal. Um, We're going to talk all about it. I'm going to go through each part of my day, all my matchups, and we also have a special guest today. We have Nick, who made top 16 at Nats. I'm so freaking happy for him. It was amazing seeing Hermit Style up there. He had he was repping the Hermit Style gear, um, and he did an incredible job. Went 2-1 against who ended up to be the champion, Andrew Duvall. Um I mean, come on. You can't be mad about that. We got one guy in top 16, and Armando took down the whole side event on day two. He was the champion and won it with King Cold. Nick got his top 16 with Gogeta Zeno, which is also super sick because he topped with the medal leader he won. Um, but yeah, it, it was a very, I would say that's a very successful weekend for the team with two members of the team really placing high. Um, so yeah, it, it was a blast. We're going to talk all about it. Um, before we do, let's get into the little bit of news we got. News from the lookout. All right. So we have a new giveaway. We have a new giveaway. So if you haven't already entered, you can check it out. It is on both Facebook and Instagram. You can go to the Hermit Style Podcast Instagram. That's probably the best place to go um, to keep up. That's where I'm most active. But if you go check it out, it is in partnership with Bristlecone Spice Company. So Bristlecone, amazing people. Actually, it is, um, uh, if you know Nuke and Foobs in the Discord, it's actually his wife who runs the whole company. Um, she actually sent us some spices, and they are incredible. So you definitely want to get in on this giveaway. She is giving away a full set. It is hot chocolates and three spices, and it is Dragon Ball themed, which is super dope. And there will be two surprise gifts that they are keeping a total secret, but I think they're going to be sick and I have a strong feeling they'll be Dragon Ball related. So if you want to get in on this, all you have to do, head over to social media. You can go to the Bristlecone Spice Company page. I've got it tagged on the Instagram. So if you're already on there, you can just go to the post with the giveaway and click on Bristlecone Spice Company. It'll bring you right up. All you have to do, follow them 
like the picture, and comment with your favorite card. That's it. That's all you have to do. It's the easiest giveaway ever, and you can win a really cool spice set for the holidays, whether you want it, whether you want to give it as a gift. Um, it's really cool, and they put a lot into this. So definitely show some support, show some love, follow them, like them, do all the things that you do on social media, and uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll get a set. And also just as exciting, we are doing three total giveaways this month. So this is just the first. So even if you don't win this one, stay tuned. We will be announcing three total this month. It's the holidays. We got to give back and we've got some really dope things that are planned. So you don't want to miss out. So stay tuned for that. All right. Before I'll leave the main topic um, to be our discussion that Nick and I had uh, about his run at Nats. But before we jump into that, I'll just throw this in the news segment. I'll talk about my whole trip here and my run at Nats. Um, it started off very, <laughs> uh, what is even the word for this? Chaotic, terrible, um, stressful. <laughs> uh, let me explain. So I'm up all night the night before packing. Cause you know, I'm, I'm not good at preparing early for these kinds of things. And I always overestimate how much time it'll take me. So I, uh, I pack everything last second. I'm getting ready. I'm pulling cards for people. Uh, I was bringing a lot of different cards for different people who needed them. And I think I slept for maybe two hours the night before. So wake up. I'm exhausted. Obviously I, Bright and early, I had to be up, I think, at like 4 or 5 in the morning to catch my flight. So um, my dad picks me up, takes me to the airport, drops me off. You know, I go in and check my luggage, go through security, all that good stuff. Everything's going simple. It was funny at security. Some lady definitely shoulder checked me to cut me in line. That was that was interesting. <laughs> she was uh, the funny part was I still got my stuff first. It was after we went through the TSA line. So I don't, I don't know what her deal was. But anyways, I go through the line, I get on my plane and I'm looking for my battery, you know, to charge my phone and I can't find it. It's nowhere. I'm looking everywhere for my battery. I can't find it. And, um, the, the flight attendant's walking by and I know that you can't check batteries into luggage. Now, typically if you check a battery, it'll get, you know, when they, when they check the luggage through TSA, it'll get pinged and then they take it out and usually just throw it out. And then you get a little warning or they'll tell you what you did wrong and not to do it again. And that's it. So as I'm sitting there, I'm like Googling, well, what happens if you check a battery into your luggage? And Google is just scaring the hell out of me. So I was like, okay, I should probably tell somebody because now I'm worried that in my, you know, ha my tiredness, my half asleep self, I put this battery into my checked luggage. So now I'm like freaking out. So I get up, go to the air attendant and I'm like, Hey, I just want to let you know, I don't think it is in my checked luggage, but I can't find my battery. And I'm just worried that maybe somehow it got in there. I said, I don't think it is. I figured you guys would have saw it too, but I just wanted to let you know. And then she's like, okay, do you have your check on ticket? Like your checked luggage ticket? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I give her my ticket. She goes up and then um, they go back. They said, well, how big is the battery? And I said, well, it's about this big. And they say, okay. And then they come back and they say, it's fine. I said, okay, great. So I'm sitting there and then probably like three minutes later, a different person comes up to me and she's like, are you the one with the battery? And I said, yeah. And then she goes, you got to come with me. I said, okay. So she brings me up to the front of the plane and goes, you know, that's like a federal offense. 
And I was like, Oh, I said, I, I don't even think it's in there. I just wanted to let you know because I'm not certain. So I'm happy to check it. I said, I wasn't trying to commit any crime. There was no ill intent here. I was like, I just, I can't find it. So now I'm just worried that I accidentally packed it. And um, she's just like going off on me. And I was like, okay, like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> like, I'm like half asleep. I don't know what to tell this lady. And um, I feel like an idiot at this point. And so then she goes, well, don't worry about it. Go sit down. So now this is the second time they said, don't worry about it. I said, okay. So I sit down. Then they come up a third time and they say, open your window. I said, okay, I open up my window. And they say, is that your bag? They have my bag out. I said, yeah, that's my bag. And then they said, you need to get off the plane. As I'm getting off the plane, the pilot comes over the loudspeaker and essentially says that someone was trying to blow up the plane. I cannot make this up. Literally, this happened. I was so embarrassed. Now I have a whole airplane of people looking at me like I'm a terrorist. I'm like waiting for some angry guy to get up and try and fight me. So I'm <laughs> I like get off the plane and they take me down and I'm thinking, okay, they're going to make me look through it. Well, then they take me into this like private room and they just go stand here. And then she calls someone and I'm like, oh my God. So now everything, I'm like, okay, I'm probably going to jail. I'm going to be on the no fly list. They think I'm a terrorist. How am I going to explain this to my family? I need money for a lawyer. What am I going to say? <laughs> like, My mind is like racing. I'm going crazy. So then she gets off the phone and she goes, okay, come with me. I'm like, yes, ma'am. I go with her. We go all the way back into the airport and there's this guy from security there waiting for me. And, um, we get up to him and he was like, okay, what's going on? I explained the situation. This was the funny part of the whole thing. He looks at the flight attendant like she's an idiot. And that made me feel so much better as soon as he gave her that look. And he was like, so was this like some kind of crazy battery? And I said, no, it's just like a little battery pack that you charge your phone with. <laughs> I said, I just wanted to have a charger for my phone and I couldn't find it. And it was all that happened. And then he was like, okay. And you kicked him off the plane for that. And she goes, well, he said it was this big. And he literally rolled his eyes and said, just go to the front, look through your bag, make sure it's not in there. And then tell them to rebook you. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. And I went back to the front of the airport. So that is how I started my morning. I go all the way back. Turns out the battery was never even in there in the first place. And, um, yeah, that is the full battery story of my day at the airport. <laughs> I didn't have enough time to explain the full story to a lot of people, but it was funny because if they had asked, I'd just be like, yeah, they kicked me off because they thought it was a battery. Now I will say if they ran like a scanner through it, I had a big box of cards. So what I think happened was they pulled the bag TSA, like use whatever their wand or whatever they do. And I think that they picked up on a huge box of foil cards and then they really thought I did something wrong. That's what I think happened personally. But I don't know because their like whole just attitude got like way worse than it already was as soon as they pulled my bag. So I don't know. It was crazy. They ended up able, they were able to rebook me on a flight an hour later. So I only got into LA, I think an hour and a half later than expected. Everything else went fine. I searched the bag of course, the battery wasn't in there, and I'm an idiot because the battery was actually in my carry-on backpack the entire time. Um, 
I was just half asleep and super stressed when they were telling me I broke a federal law. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so anyways, uh, learn from me. Don't ever check a battery into your checked luggage and make sure you know where it is, no matter how tired you are. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was how I started my trip to Nats. That was absolutely terrible. I was terrified. I thought I was going to have a panic attack, but we made it through. We made it there. We made it to LA and then everything got better. So let's, let's move on to happier days. Um, let's see. So I get to LA and meet up with the team, which was super dope. I got to meet Jay, uh, Kyle, um, Armando, Nick, Jerry. We got to meet everybody. Uh, we were all staying at the same hotel. It was super, super cool. And, um, yeah, it was such a, it was just such a great feeling getting to meet all these people that we've talked to. Like, you know, we're in the discord every day talking. So it's so cool to be able to meet some of you guys. So that was, that was amazing. Um, we get in, check into the hotel. There was a whole fiasco with that that I'm not going to bore you all with, uh, <laughs> as if things couldn't go wrong. Basically they weren't trying to let me get in the room that we had booked. It was real wild. Um, <laughs> I had to go Karen on them and request a manager, but it got sorted out. Uh, so we check in and then we head over to the, um, it was like, they did like an early check-in for Nats where you go to the convention center and get ready. So we get there and I check in and I had bought a lot of cards from core TCG, like a lot. Cause I bought some for me. I bought some for the team and basically I bought enough to make sure we'd have all the new cards so everyone could play the decks they wanted to play. So I go up, I like, I literally, I easily had over 15 orders that I put in <laughs> to core. So I walk up and I'm like, Hey, how you doing? I'm here to pick up my orders. And he's like, okay, what's, um, what's your order? And I said, well, it's a lot. And then he goes, you must be James Bacon. <laughs> and I said, that is me. He said, this is going to take a while. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious that he literally knew who specifically I was because of how much I ordered from Core TCG. Um, but they were amazing, actually. Core is awesome. They hooked me up with some free stuff for the amount of things I ordered. So shout outs to them. Could not have been nicer people. Uh, Core... Amazing, amazing people. Super, super happy. Great service. Um, can't, can't talk highly enough about them. Uh, so yeah, so we get that all settled. We all check in. Um, and then we head, we head out to get food. We found this really cool taco spot called King Taco. If you guys are ever in the Pasadena downtown area, King Taco is the place to be. Do not skip out on it. And then uh, shout out to John Carlo. Had the amazing idea to get gelatos after. Solid. Solid. There's a gelato place within walking distance from there. Highly recommend. Uh, but anyways, we get back, we do some testing, go to sleep. Everything's good now. And um, it's time for nets, right? So morning of, I have bad stomach issues, so I decided not to eat in the morning. And uh, we get there, I bring everyone their jerseys because we had the new hermit style jerseys. And I realized that I forgot one of them in the hotel room. So I literally sprint from the convention center back to the hotel room. We're staying at the one that's down the block. I sprint all the way back. Feel like I'm going to be late. Made it just in time. Get the jersey back in. I'm drenched in sweat, out of breath, but it's okay. I got the jersey in time. And round one pairings are up. So I sit down. 
I cannot make this up. I'm about to play against Red Baby Vegeta. Red Baby Vegeta, the promo leader. To my left is Black Bobbity versus Set 10 Blue Trunks. To my right is Vigex versus I Shit You Not. With Shenron, <laughs> the starter deck Shenron leader. This is, I said, where am I? <laughs> I said, because I am not at 2021 Dragon Ball Nats right now. I said, I don't know where I am, but it is not this. <laughs> uh, but there was a repair. And after the repair, I ended up getting paired against Soul Striker. And I was like, okay, now it feels like I'm at Nats. <laughs> but uh, let's go ahead. I'll get into all my matchups for the day. So I brought Hatchyak, um, which... Funny story, when we actually had to drive to core TCG because myself, Jerry, Andrew, and Kyle from the team all played Hatchjack, and we needed foil Destron gases, so we went up to buy like four or five foil Destron gases from core, and he was just like, what do you need these for? <laughs> he was like, the top loader this is in is more expensive than the card. <laughs> but let me tell y'all, Destron gas and Hatchjack, fire. Shout out to Mike. That is Mike's tech. So good. It just clears all the tax boys when you're playing Hatch. So you just let them swing when they're Gogeta and you just clear all their true fighting spirits. It's hilarious. Uh, but anyways, so round one, I'm, I'm going against Soul Striker. Uh, let's just go through each game. So that game, uh, game one, we get to like turn four. I was not curving out well. I made a misplay early and I knew I was not going to win. So I literally just scoop. Uh, it's really important to know when to scoop when you're playing decks that go really long. Had I not scooped then, I would have been way worse off. I knew the game at that point was probably like 95% in his favor. Um, he had curved out decently and he, he bored at Kefla. And as soon as that happened, I didn't have the answer in my hand. I said, let's just move it on to game two. You got it. Uh, so he wins game one because I scoop. We go to game two. Uh, I do very well. I curve out properly. I had played against Soul Striker. Uh, I tested a lot. Shout out to Sublet. He worked on the matchup with me. Um, I was able to board Gogeta 8 safely, and I just out-advantaged him. I win the game. Uh, game 3, we shuffle up, and it's overtime. So we start the game in overtime. Uh, turn 0, 1, 2, 3. And I was able to get him down to one life below me. I basically negated his last attack, swung, and comboed my hand. And that's how that match went. Uh, it was unfortunate that it had to end like that. I would have much rather played the full game. Um, I felt really bad for him because it was just an unfortunate kind of circumstance. The time rules for Nats were terrible. You guys already know how I feel about that. Uh, but it, it is what it is. So... We get we get the first we get the first round we get the win, um, so I'm feeling good. We go into round two. Uh, in round two, I see Red Broly. Uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, I have no idea how to play against this matchup because I hadn't tested Red Broly. That was one of the few matchups I hadn't tested. Uh, so I'm like, all right, I think we can do this. Uh, game one, he curves perfectly and just curb stops me. <laughs> I was like, maybe we don't got this. <laughs> Um, yeah, game one was really, really bad. He just, just perfectly just killed me. I was like, okay, whatever. That's red Broly. Let's go to game two. Game two, um, he has decent hand, but definitely not as good as the first one. I'm able to board Gogeta eight and that's the game. I will just kill him with Gogeta eight. Uh, 
so we go into game three and man, I misplayed so bad because of the time rules. So we're in game three. The game's actually going pretty long. It was pretty back and forth. Uh, we both didn't start amazingly. Uh, so it kind of just made the game go on a little longer than expected. And we go to time. I think we're on like turn five or six actually in time. So it was pretty crazy how long the game was already going. Uh, uh, it's the last turn. It's on me. And I did not realize it goes life, then cards on board. I thought it was cards in hand. Had I known that, I would have used a secret identity a turn earlier to clear some of his board. And I probably, I won't say I definitely because I don't know how that would have changed his line of play. But I feel like that probably would have secured the game for me. But unfortunately, I play Gogeta. I swing three times. He had all the answers. He had the imposing presence. He even had the Yamcha counterplay for the Gogeta. It felt really, really bad. Um, I'm still able to get him down to where we're even on life because at the time I was down one. So now we're even on life and I think I have the game. So I say, cool, I got it. Judge says, okay, he wins. I was like, what do you mean he wins? He goes, he has more battle cards on board. And I was like, oh shoot, I messed up so bad. So that felt really bad that I lost the time rolls there, but it is what it is. He was a great opponent. Shout out to him. Really nice guy. Um, so I'm one, one sucks. Bad way to start the day. Uh, so round three, I play against Gogeta Zeno. As I was playing against Frank Miller. Uh, really nice guy. He's on uh, Mike's team. So we're a little bit laid back when we were playing. Just kind of chilling, shooting the shit, whatever. And uh, we're playing uh, game one. This was really unfortunate. He... What happens? All right. So I play Gogeta 8. I play Gogeta 8. And he pants. I was like, okay. So my option at this point, he is at, I think, one life. He's about dead. Okay. I have a unison. I swing. He negates. I'm like, okay. At this point, he's tapped out. So he can no longer negate. He has no blockers. And I can literally tap three for another unison. I had, I think, eight cards in hand to his, like, six. I can combo up to, like, 65. And he already burned through three super combos. And I'm like, okay, if he doesn't have the super combo, six times five is 30. He can combo, like, two cards on board. That's 40. That's 55. I'm still up by, like, 10. I was like, I got this. I have to go for game here, right? So I play the unison. I draw a card. I swing. I combo everything from hand. I still had two energy up too, I believe. Um, Cause I was like, man, maybe I should hold this Demigra just in case he is able to, um, just in case he's able to get out of this, I can pop his, I can pop his, uh, his pants. So he doesn't steal my Gogeta. And I was like, no, you know what? Screw it. I'm not doing anything dumb. I'm just swinging, comboing out my hand. I wish I did that. I'm an idiot for not doing that. But so I swing combo the hand out. He literally has four Kai combos from the Vigek starter deck. Four of them. So immediately just goes to 55 and has the fourth super combo in his hand. So he goes to 50, or so he goes to 65. And then obviously it says one 5K and he's out of it. I said, oh my God, this is awful. So at that point, that's pretty much just the game. Now, here's what sucks. In game two, 
Um, or no, no, no. I think this is actually still game one. So I'm like, okay, pass. I have two energy up. I have two negates in hand. Uh, he plays two Goku true fighting spirits, I think, two or three. He plays a shit ton of them just to make sure that it taxes my hand away for a negate. I'm like, all right. But I have a petrification. So I was like, okay, if I petrify, I'll be fine. So I go to petrify and we're like, wait, we should call a judge because we weren't sure if I could petrify being that he had Goku true fighting spirits on board. So I call the judge over. Judge comes over. We explain the situation. The judge tells me I cannot even activate a counter because the cost to activate the counter is to pitch the cards from hand. I said, uh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I can still activate the counter. So then a second judge comes up, looks at my hand, looks at board and says, you cannot activate any counters in your hand. I don't know why I did not appeal this. I should have, although apparently the hedge, I was told by Mike that the head judge said he would have ruled it the same way, which is absurd. Granted, I don't think he would have had he come over and we explained it. Uh, maybe it was just the way Mike explained it to him. I would hope because it's not how the game works. Um, I should have been able to activate a counter. The Goku true fighting spirits aren't auto. That happens once the counter has been activated. So you can still activate the counter. The cost happens after you activate it. So then I would have had to warp for the true fighting spirit. But I still should have been able to negate. Uh, so the fact that I couldn't, it was just a game. That was it. There was I couldn't live. I couldn't activate and negate. Uh, so that felt terrible. I didn't even look at my life. I just scooped. I said, that's fine. You got it then. Um, it's whatever. I... Definitely could have won, um, but it is what it is. I mean, I won't say I could have won. He probably still had it. Uh, then in game two, we went to time. And in game two, I needed one more turn to win. Uh, that whole judge thing took up too much time. Had that not happened, I also would have taken game two, and we would have probably drew because we probably would have went to overtime while we were setting up. But it is what it is. I mean, you, you can't, you can't like, you know, harp on it and be mad about it. Ultimately, it's on me. I should have known my rulings better and I should have been more confident to appeal to the head judge. So that's a lesson learned for me and hopefully a lesson learned to anyone listening. Never be afraid to appeal if you think there's any chance that the decision gets overturned. Um, so is what it is. So now I am <laughs> one win, two losses, which feels absolutely terrible. I have to win out at this point. So I'm like, all right, I lost to two pretty good players. Hopefully they do well and we'll just see how it goes. So round four, I play against Launch. Uh, honestly, the matchup is very easy. Uh, I win 2-0. Uh, I almost lost game two because he ta he literally tapped seven in red-green Launch to play the Kaioken Goku, the seven drop. Uh, but luckily, I had the Deborah counterplay um, because the Deborah counterplay is an auto. It's not counterplay text. Uh, it just stops him from attacking or activating skills. So that was uh, honestly pretty pretty easy. It's not a good matchup for Launch. So I win that one 2-0. Uh, round five, I play against Gogeta Zeno. Shout out to my opponent. He was really cool. I felt really bad because I had to ask him to play a little faster. I hate telling people that. And I could tell he was really nervous. But sometimes you have to do that because the time rules are just awful. Uh, but we're able to win that Gogeta Zeno matchup 2-0. I played that matchup so many times. I know it like the back of my hand. It was just unfortunate that... When I played Frank, he had all four guys in the four super combo in hand game one. The judges screwed me, and then I ran out of time. So it just is what it is. Uh, but round five, it was fine. I, I win 2-0. Uh, the matchup, honestly, if they don't main Shroud at Foo, the matchup is heavily favored to Hatch. 
heavily favored to hatch unless Gogeta's, you know, curves perfect and you don't see your answers when you need them, but you usually do. Uh, so we win round five. So I'm like, all right, I'm feeling good. Then we go to round six and I'm playing his agents of destruction. Um, my opponent, another really, really nice guy. It was really cool. Um, we were kind of talking the whole time and we actually talked for a lot after, uh, very, very proficient with agents of destruction. This was hands down the longest game I had played. Uh, our game one literally took almost the full hour literally took almost a full hour it was insane it was so back and forth the whole time uh i was trying to mill him out and he kept bottom decking cards to refill our decks and eventually i had just had to set up the shrouded food to kill him but man and actually i don't even think i killed him with shrouded food that turn but i needed to put him to one and then turn his skills off so i could win the next turn i mean it, it was literally the most nuts game um uh, really fun back and forth uh i completely forgot because who, who's playtesting its agents of destruction for Nats? I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, but I forgot that the 16 makes you discard a card, and I literally bottom-decked to Deborah early, and I was like, God, I'm an idiot. It could have definitely made the game go a little quicker, but uh, we got the win, so now we're, we're three straight. We're starting to feel a little bit better, going to round seven, and I sit across Dark Broly. I knew there were only two or three Dark Broly in the entire room, and I did not want to see them. Guys, Dark Broly bodies hatch. It bodies hatch. Like, it is so freaking hard to beat Dark Broly. They can just hit your hand way too hard, and your Deboras don't do anything because they warp. It doesn't discard. So your answer to hand control just isn't there, and the list I was running for hatch really just relied on Deborah. I had cut a lot of the cards that let me draw back my hand, like... Uh, boo and not even a scratch we were playing those in early versions but thought we didn't need them because realistically this was probably the only match that i really needed those cards and of course i, I saw it <laughs> but shout out to isaiah his list was awesome um i lost zero two i also really appreciate him letting me know that he liked how quickly i played uh at one point in the tournament we had an accusation of slow playing which i thought was completely absurd um i was out here playing three games with hatch so <laughs> We definitely weren't slow playing. I play hatch very quickly in tournament. And um, usually my opponents would take about twice as long as me during their turns. Um, I would say probably the majority of my games that happened. So I, I appreciated that shout out and him letting me know that uh, he was thankful I, I played quickly uh, because I I do play quickly for tournament. I don't ever want to be accused of slow play. That's absurd. Um so I lost that one. So there goes the dream. I'm X3. I'm like, okay, if I win next round, maybe I make top 25%. So we go to round eight. It's, yo, how ironic. I mean, this was the perfect matchup to end Nats for me. I'm playing against green Gotenks. You guys know how I feel about green Gotenks. I sat down and I was just like, let's go. <laughs> I was like, let's go. I was like, there's no shot. Green go tanks beats me. Um, I win game one, uh, one Oh, he was playing extremely slow. Uh, but you also have to remember if you are winning and you know, you're going to win, there's no reason to call a judge for slow play at that point. It's just on your opponent. Um, so he was playing pretty slow. I was like, that's fine. He can play slow. Uh, I win game one and there's just no way we ever finish in game two. Um, and that's pretty much how it went. I, I won that matchup with Shrouded Fu and that was pretty much how it went. It was an interesting build. It was hand destruction. 
um, green go tanks. So we played like four Ribrians, but I just had the Devoras, so it just didn't even matter. Um, I don't there was I don't know if there was ever a time where I was lower in hand size than him. Um, the Devoras just helped so much in that, and he has he can't dedicate all of his early turns to hand destruction. And if he does, he's falling behind on the strategies of green go tanks. So it really doesn't matter either way. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it went. So finish the day five and three, um, had it not been for a very bad judge ruling, there's a chance I went five, two, one, or even six, two, uh, it is what it is. And had I not been an idiot and forgot about time rules, I, there's a chance I go seven and one who knows, but, uh, it is what it is. You know, you got to learn, you got to keep moving forward. I think Hatch is a fantastic deck. Mike made top 25% with it and fell outside of top 32 by, I think, three spots running Hatch. Um, we, we all we all did pretty well with the deck. So, unfortunately, it was just the time rules, which you guys know, that was the one reason why I didn't want to bring Hatch. But, unfortunately, I just didn't have enough time to dedicate to any other deck. I I spent so much time working on this deck that I was like... It just, I couldn't get comfortable enough with anything else. So at some point I just said, all right, screw it. I'm playing Hatch. It is what it is. Uh, I'll have a deck profile up. I'm seeing if Mike wants to do one. If he doesn't, um, I'll do one and I'll bring probably Jerry and Kyle on if they want to come on and we can talk about our lists and any differences we had amongst them. Uh, but yeah, the deck is incredibly strong. I don't think I'll ever play it again because it's very boring, um, but it's very strong. It's very powerful. I think it was actually a good pick for Nats. It's just unfortunate what happened. Uh, Jerry also had a very bad judge ruling. Uh, he basically had a judge literally say he could change the rules if he wanted to and gave, you'll have to ask Jerry. It was either he gave a draw when Jerry should have won or he gave Jerry a loss when it should have been a draw. Basically time was called in overtime and the guy just called it a draw. I don't know. It, it was weird. You'll have to talk to Jerry about it, but pretty trash ruling um and i know something also happened with the bad there's there's a lot of just weird things that happen at, at the tournament unfortunately uh but it is what it is and ultimately you have to take accountability and just say well i shouldn't let it get to that point um but yeah that was that was pretty much my run at nats uh i will say one more thing that was pretty crazy that happened i'll go through kind of the rest of my trip now so my day's done. They announced top 16. Nick's name gets called. We're all going crazy. We're hype. Like all the bad feels, negative vibes of the tournament were just gone because we're all just pumped that Nick freaking made it into top 16. We put so much time, as much time as we could while we were a team into testing and helping each other. Nick was grinding the hell out of Gogeta. I can't tell you how many times I've played against Gogeta Sino and getting ready for Nats. So... I'm just ecstatic that he got the top 16. Um, but this is actually pretty crazy. So a few rounds earlier before the event was over, I'm walking in to the convention center and I just like notice commotion behind me. So I just like turn around. I had just gone through the security checkpoint and this lady goes, sir, you need to show me your badge. And he shows her this like keychain, and she's like, no, you need to show me your badge or you can't come in. And the guy goes, well, who's going to stop me? And I was like, whoa, what is going on here? <laughs> and she was like, well, we're security. We're going to stop you. You can't come in if you don't have a batch. This guy beelines it, sprints for the door of the convention center and tries to break in. <laughs> uh, a security guard tackles him. And then they get up, they're arguing, and then three cops show up. 
And I was like, oh, this is crazy. Um, I guess I should rewind a little bit. When he first was talking to her, I didn't see a guy security guard there. So I went to grab someone because I was like, we might have to fight this guy. <laughs> like, I can't, like, this guy was literally three times this lady's size and I don't think they had any weapons on them. I was like, this is not going to go well. Uh, I couldn't find anyone. So then I walked out and I was like, well, I guess I got to stop this guy. Then that's when the guy got tackled. <laughs> um, so anyways, cops come out and um, they're like telling the guy to calm down. Like, you just got to go, like, just leave. Don't want any trouble. Just relax. Go on your way. The guy won't leave. He picks up a rock and just chucks it and hits a security guard lady with it. And the cops didn't do anything. Like, they literally had no reaction to it. There's three cops standing around him. No one tried to stop him. And the dude just chucks her. He just hits her with it. And the cops are like, okay, sir, you need to calm down. And I was like, what? He just assaulted someone. This is wild. Uh, so they just like, keep trying to talk it down. We're standing outside at this point. And then at one point me and Jerry and Kyle were like, let's go inside. Like this guy's ought to shoot somebody. Like this is too getting too crazy. Uh, and then as we're going inside, the guy starts dancing and shoulder checks the cop and then the cop arrests him. And I was like, this is wild. <laughs> like it was okay. He threw the rock at a lady, but as soon as you tap the chop on the shoulder, you got game over, sir. Game over. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was some excitement for the day. If you guys didn't hear about that. Um, so anyways, uh, Nats is over. I have not eaten anything. Shout out to Kyle. He was supplying uh, me with granola bars so I didn't die. Uh, but it was like 10 30 PM till we got out and I had not eaten a meal. So we go out to get food and we're idiots. You can listen to it in the deck profile. I'm, I'm going to post, uh, or that's already up with, uh, or I don't know what I'm talking about. You can hear about it when I talk about this with Nick, but basically we broke up into three groups somehow and we intended to be one big group to eat. And, uh, yeah, it, <laughs> don't let a group of 10 guys try and decide what to do because it just won't end up well. <laughs> it just, it just won't end up well. Um, Anyways, uh, we eventually do eat. We go, uh, half of us went to one Mexican spot. The other half of us go back to King Taco and a couple of us stayed at the hotel. Now we're at King Taco. This is another, this is longer than I expected, but I think you guys will enjoy the stories. <laughs> we're at King Taco. We're waiting in line and I just see like something going on behind me. I turn around cause I was in front behind me was Jay there's this crackhead in King Taco and she's trying to fight Jay. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. She was just completely gone out of her mind and the security guard is trying to get her to stop. She's calling the security guard like you fat piece of whatever and like just going off on him. And then she kicks Jay and I'm just like dying laughing. It <laughs> like you guys should have saw this. It was, it was one of the highlights of the trip. Let me tell you. So she's going crazy. Um, she's telling off everyone in the store. The security guard literally walks away and just basically says, I don't get paid enough to deal with this. <laughs> and then at one point, the lady stands there. I can't make this up, everybody. She poops herself and then walks out. <laughs> this literally happened. I swear to God. <laughs> It was the most wild thing. There needs to be a reference for this. 
Like this is going to be on the award show somehow for <laughs> the end of the season of the podcast. Like this is going down in the hall of fame, <laughs> but it was a crazy five minutes. Uh, so anyways, we get our King taco, we head back, go to sleep. Um, day two, Nick, uh, you know, we, we know how that went. Nick will explain his full day. Uh, I took Vigex for fun for day two. I said, if I play red aggro, I will lose. If I don't play red aggro, I will beat everyone. Um, I win game. I win my first round. I don't remember what I played. Uh, my next round, actually, this was really interesting. Um, I played against Finn. At one point, I had a 20-card hand at his 7, which that was pretty wild. I almost tripled the cards in hand. I was like, okay, there's no way I lose. So uh, we're playing, going back and forth. You have to wait a long time for Finn because you don't want to play battle cards for them to absorb. So it was kind of a long game, but uh, I was just kind of sitting there going back and forth. I was denying him cards out of hand until I felt it was proper to attack. Then at one point, I finally board Gogeta. Uh, I board Gogeta when I don't care if he triple attacks me with his leader. So board Gogeta, swing, I, I start taking his life away. Um, he actually ends up playing a Gogeta of his own, which is interesting. I had the, um, I don't remember what I had. I think I had Kind of Gate or something and just warped it. Um, oh, no, 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 this is what happened. Okay, I got it. So he Gogeta's, I pan Gate, right? So I pan he passes. I steal his Gogeta. Um, after I steal the Gogeta, I swing with both Gogetas. He plays that uh, negate that says like you can only attack two more times, or I don't I don't remember what it does. It's something like that. Uh, so I swing with my leader after I restand both the Gogetas and take four cards out of his hand, and then just combo off both the Gogetas <laughs> so he couldn't steal one. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so yeah, that happened, and then. I'm about to win and time gets called. And I said, okay, he was definitely currently on his turn. He had just charged. And I said, okay, so it's turn zero, one, two, three. And I pointed at him back to me, back to him, back to me. He said, yep. I said, okay, cool. I didn't think anything of it. He plays his turn, does some things. Doesn't really matter. I know I'm about to win next turn or I will definitely win on my three. Um, so he passes and says, okay, this is your last turn. I said, no, you were turn zero. He says, no, I wasn't. I said no when time was called. I clarified and you agreed. He said, he starts getting loud with me. And he goes, no, I didn't. And I like stopped for a second. I'm like, this is wild. I said, that's definitely not what happened. And he starts mouthing off and I said, you know what? I will just beat you anyway. <laughs> I'm never rude to people. I never do this, but I could not believe this guy was just lying to my face and just sticking with it. For whatever reason, I don't know. Um, but it was real crazy. And I was like, what the hell? Because Armando was sitting next to me. And Armando's like, did you just tell him you're going to beat him anyways? And the guy was like, I think he did. And then I proceeded to beat him <laughs> on that turn. <laughs> uh, basically, I made it so there was no way he could win. And he swung a couple times. And then that was it. Um, so, yeah, that was interesting i've never in my life had that happen to me and then afterwards it's like okay i wasn't tripping right like i definitely called zero and armando was like you definitely told you pointed at him and said zero and i said okay because i swore i did i was like maybe i didn't maybe there, he was like no it was clear that guy was just straight lying i said that is freaking wild bro <laughs> but 
whatever, we get the win. And then I proceeded to play two red aggro decks in a row. And I said, that's cool. I'm going to go back to the hotel room and hang out with Nick. <laughs> and uh, that was uh, that was the trip. It was a super dope day. We celebrated with Nick around 6 p.m. I actually took an Uber to go to L.A., met up with my cousins. We went to a Kings game. I hung out with the family for the day, um, stayed there on Monday, and then I flew back on Tuesday. But it was an amazing, amazing trip. I had so much fun. It was so great getting to meet everyone. Shout out to all the people from the Discord that I got to meet. Uh, it was so cool having people come up to me and like saying what's up. It was so cool seeing the Hermit style shirts being ripped, Hermit style mat. I mean, man, it was a blast. It was literally so much fun. I'm sure there's a bunch of stories I forgot. I was only expecting to take 20 minutes for this. It's been 45, but it was just a blast, man. Like this will definitely go down in the history books from crackheads beating up Jay <laughs> to Nick topping 16 to making top 16. Oh, and then Armando takes down the whole side event with King cold. Like, come on, like what a dope day. Um, Armando's deck profile is going to be up on the YouTube channel tomorrow. Probably if you're listening to this, it's already up. Um, so check that out. Nick's Gogeta Xeno list is already up on the YouTube channel. But man, it was so fun. Without further ado, let's finally get into the main topic. And you can hear all about Nick's day, his run, top 16 run at Nats. Turtle School Weekly Focus. All right, everybody. Welcome in to... The main topic of the week, we've got a special guest. There sits the only king I mean to bend my knee to. The king of the north! <laughs> All the way from Canada, the true king in the north. Nick Maynard. Did I get it right, Nick? No, you got it wrong again. Dang it. <laughs> How do you say your last it's, name, Nick? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what's what's plural for man? Men. Menard. Menard. Yeah. Menard. Go. Got it. Yes. First try. All right. So we've got <laughs> Nick Menard. <laughs> no, this is this is this is podcast gold right here. People are gonna love this. Um but yeah, we've top 16, Nick. Top 16 at Nats. Congratulations again. I know everyone Thank has been idea. super excited for this episode. Um I wanted to get out earlier, but let me tell y'all, like flying back on a holiday week. Uh, cause I actually stayed an extra day with, with family as, as you heard earlier. And then, you know, mm -hmm. coming back into the holiday and then right after the holiday, I had to catch up on all this business stuff and it's just been, it's been a wild time. So now we're back on track though. And no, I, we, we had, we had similar, similar comebacks. Like, yeah, yeah, my yeah. Wife, my wife had to go straight to work as soon as I got back. So we were both very unavailable. Yeah, exactly. And then we had to get our schedules to link up, but here we are. We made it. We did it. So, um, yeah, yeah man. So top 16 at Nats. Uh, I want to go through everything. I want to go through the whole nine yards from, you know, how you chose your deck to prep to, your list to your matchups and everything in between. So let's kind of rewind back to the beginning when as a team, we were all kind of picking decks or actually, I guess I'll just pass it off to you. Had you already 
really been strongly considering Gogeta before the team was established, or was it when we had all started testing is when you kind of leaned into the deck? Uh, so I, I've been a fan of Gogeta since it came out, but I was on Cell Surge at the time, and then I moved on to Mecha when that came out. Um, obviously, that's banned now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, while Mecha exists, it just got worse and worse for Cell Surge. So I I didn't really want to get into Cell during that time. It just didn't make that much sense to me. That and I had never really experienced playing meta decks before. So I, I I had always been more, you know, rogue decks kind of deal. So I was like, I need to experience being hated. <laughs> and and well, it's just like if people like. Like, I had experience being sided against, but being, like, mained and sided against, I had never experienced that. So I was like, we, we need to experience some of this. So I, I definitely got challenged a lot in locals and learning how to kind of be a couple steps ahead of people with your main deck options. And to give, and the, just, to give the listeners some background, too, this was your first major BO3 event, right? Uh, yeah. So this is my, like, outside of playing locals, which, like, I mean, my locals, all the love to those guys. Uh, so that's Shoebox, uh, in Calgary, Alberta. Like, it's, it's mostly just playing for fun. We're not hyper competitive about stuff. We just play what we want there. Um, like that, that's the scene there. But yeah, this was literally my first live event ever. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. So yeah, this really was like your first time seeing what it's like when that, in that kind of competitive scene. So what made you, so you went obviously off Mecca when that got banned, what made you start leaning into Gogeta? So I didn't want to lean into Gogeta during that time purely because Mecca was such a bad matchup for it. Because Gogeta's good at building a board, but Mecha's dream was always anyone who builds a big board. And then they're just like, whatever you do, you have one attack, and then you're tapped out. Like, that's basically what it was. So, yeah, Gogeta was just like, it it did not have a pot. Could it beat Mecha? Yeah, it could. But it did not have a positive matchup against it. So, while that existed, I'm like, well, if I'm not playing Cell while I'm playing Mecha, then I'm certainly not playing a black deck. That's that's not Dark Broly. Sure, that makes sense. So once that got banned, um, and I'd pulled enough of the TPs, and that's when I started uh, getting on the train for that one during the summer. Yeah, I think that was the summer, right? When Mecha got banned? Uh, man, uh, time is... I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I can't remember. I, I, <laughs> Probably around four to six months ago, basically, is okay. when I started putting a lot of time into the deck. Nice. Okay. Okay. So you, you were on it actually for a lot longer than I thought. Um, so then when yeah. we when we really started prepping hard for Nats, what, I mean, obviously you've been playing it now for a little while. What made you feel like, okay, this is the deck. Like, this is the deck I take to Nats. Like, what, what made you feel confident enough to, to walk into the room with it? Um, I, I think just in my like in my heart or just the pit of my stomach, <laughs> however you want to put it. Like I think I knew I was gonna bring Gogeta the whole time, but just with all the drastic changes we kept getting, um, leading up to Nats in those last six yeah. weeks, I think. Two format I, changes <laughs> within a month and a half of the event. 
Yeah. So that, that just had me reconsidering, like, do I do this, this? And like, we've all kind of addressed the circle and sell was always kind of there. Um, I, I had sell built the entire time. And I, th- I think I've had this enough in playing like different regionals on like the online webcam regionals um, where like, I would just get a weird pit in my stomach. I should have played like a different deck or something like that in the morning. So that's when I started doing like the like the lazy habit of I wouldn't submit my deck list until an hour before all the tournaments after a certain point. And it would just be like whatever I actually just feel the best with that morning, then that's what I'll bring. So it was the same thing. I brought Icarus with me to Nance. I brought Cell Surge with me to Nance. Um I think I had everything for for Soul Striker, but there was no way in hell I was fucking playing. We, we that. collectively all did, regardless. <laughs> I, like I more brought that one just for te- testing. If yeah. anyone wanted yeah. some more reps in with it, um, I technically brought everything for Hatch, but I lent most of it out anyway, so it didn't matter. Um, but yeah, so Gogeta is kind of what I had just in mind overall for it. Um, it to me, the, the defining feature in all of it. And and this right here is exactly was why I chose this over sell was I'm too honest of a player <laughs> that well there's a second <laughs> limited capacity of I'm not fucking smart enough to be able to stall out game one and then <laughs> and then get a tie game two I'm I'm not capable of doing that so like for me a long game with sell is twenty minutes yeah. So I feel like, <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, nah, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not restructuring the deck this late in the game so that it's getting 35, 40 minute game ones. I'm like, no. And I've played the deck too much to have to, to like need to like think about enough things. Like, I just know what I'm doing with it. Like, Eric Sleto thought I was fucking nuts. Sorry if we're not allowed to curse, but he thought it was no, absolutely wild for not playing. So, uh, that's fire. <laughs> i can yeah. do myself <laughs> i mean yeah right um yeah i mean you you definitely have put in so much time with cell surge for sure i think you would have done well either way but clearly gogeta was it was the way to go it got you that top 16 yeah and then the last factor um which is something i thought about but probably didn't put enough weight on is gogeta's a deck where for the early part like for the first three turns you really don't need to think it's just what's the strongest fusion I can do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you turn fair. it sideways. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically what the deck does. And I, I just didn't know how my body would react to travel and what would happen happen during traveling, and how I would do. Um, we did get, technically give ourselves an extra day to get, you know, acclimated and just feel good for playing, but it's been. So, like, with my poker background, like, I'm used to doing tournaments that last all day long. So, like, that aspect isn't new. The issue is, it's been over a decade since I've done that. Right, right. And I'm not dumb enough to not know that (laughs) it's not there anymore. The conditioning is gone. Just because my brain knows how it works doesn't mean I'm prepared for it. Yeah, I mean, having to play that many rounds, it's a lot, man. I think we had, what, eight rounds, nine rounds? How many? Do you remember how many it was? It was, well, they announced it was supposed to be nine. Okay. And, but it, and it they made it, they made it very, yeah. So they made that actually it actually sound like it was like final, like we're doing nine rounds no matter what, boys, is kind of what they announced it as at the start of the day. And then 
in the floor rules, I thought I remembered it changing to no longer um, playing until undefeated. Yeah, just they, that we're doing next rounds, but they they didn't change that. Yeah, they definitely said at the start of the day nine rounds, and then yeah, I, it was definitive. We're doing nine. Yeah, that, that's that's what I heard too. And then I remember when I was talking to one of the judges, they were like, "Yeah, we're probably going to have an early day." And they had told me at one point they were like, "It might end at seven. and I was like, seven rounds." I was like, "Well, I mean, I'm fine with that," but <laughs> and then uh, yeah, so we ended up playing eight. Uh, but yeah, no, my day could have been wildly different if I. Ended at seven rounds instead. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's definitely something to note that not all players may think about is you want to make sure you're taking a deck that you feel confident playing that long of a day. Because man, you start hitting like rounds five, six, and seven. You you start like it weighs on you. You start feeling it. Like I know for me, I have barely eaten anything all day. I didn't eat anything in the morning because I was too scared to mess my stomach up. And then uh, we we were the same. Yeah, we, we had similar <laughs> problems. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't even wait. Did I even have? I don't even think I had coffee that morning. That's yeah, how scared I, I was. Yeah, all, all I had was some water um, in between rounds until probably I don't know six or seven. And I think Kyle shout out shout out to homie check Kyle uh, g- gave me a little uh, uh, one one of those Cliff bars. <laughs> So, so I could at least have something in me to keep going. But, uh, but yeah, when you're, when you're thinking about a deck and it's a deck that has a lot of different, um, lines of play and you're constantly having to evaluate, reevaluate, think about what line you want to go with and what is the correct choice that can weigh on you uh, a lot. So I definitely hear you there that having a deck where, you know, okay, these turns are scripted. These turns are simple. That takes a lot of stress and pressure off you in those early turns of the game where another player playing a deck where it isn't so simple, now you're at a slight advantage over them if they don't have that same kind of endurance to get through the you know, to get through the tournament. Yeah, for sure. Uh well cool. Well that that all makes sense for sure as far as why you uh why you picked it. And then I guess my last question before we jump into uh, your the list itself is how did you feel about your spread going into the day as far as what you thought you would see? Um, like for the most part, our team kind of figured out the meta as far as the time we had available and everyone's schedule, especially the last two weeks. Um, we didn't get to test enough against enough meta decks individually for everybody. So, I mean. That was what it was. We had multiple technically meta changes or micro ones at least leading up to Nats. We just formed the team. I think we did what we what we could with the time we had, and you know, at least one of us was able to get into top. So it's not like everything was for naught. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Do you feel that? Because, and I agree. I think that we were pretty much testing against essentially all the decks that topped pretty pretty thoroughly. I think the the one that we didn't test as much against was Icarus. We all knew it was yeah. a deck, but none of us were playing it, and we were all like, oh, I need reps of my deck. Because, <laughs> like yeah. you said, we had that limited time, so it would have been nice to get more time against that. But when that definitely you, bit me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
But when you were thinking about Gogeta, was there any matchups in particular, just, just in general, like, did you feel that your spread was strong or did you feel like you had a lot of either really plus or really neg matchups? Um, so part of that was in deck building where, um, before the, I think it was the emergency ban, whatever, whatever the last ban was where they banned Belmont and stuff. My Mm -hmm. prior list didn't actually run Mira. I ran Paikuhan. Um, my list was far more aggressive, but again, that was also just for playing best one locals. So I didn't actually put a whole lot of thought and care into it. It was just to have fun and getting like three third fordings off in turns one, two and three was just hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was the thing. (laughs) This probably rightfully should have gone away. (laughs) Oh yeah. Belmont needed to go. Like as soon as I started testing it, I was like, this is broken. Um, where was I going with this train of thought? Um, uh, just, just we're going about, over deck just building about the, with it. Uh, just about the spread in general versus the other, the the, just the other meta decks. How you felt like? Did you feel like it was pretty fifty fifty across the board, or did you have a lot yeah. of like really tilted ones where it was either well, I'm really bad or really good? There definitely wasn't enough testing to fine tune the numbers for that, in my opinion. Okay. So the way I looked at it was, for the most part, there's no terrible matchup. We realized pretty quickly that Icarus wasn't a super positive um, matchup for this. Uh, because of the lack of testing, we weren't sure where or how that could necessarily be fixed. So that, that was definitely like the way I feel about it and just how the way my tournament ended, that that was sort of like the stain of, of the tournament for me. And I wouldn't call it better because first tournament ever top 16 i can't really yeah. complain <laughs> um but yeah that's just I, I just like to look at things critically and just kind of say like you know where do we, what do we like what boxes did we check which ones did we not and how do we improve it next time at the end of the day so to me that was just the if you know one deck's probably going to be one of the strongest and most represented that you should just find ways to get more reps in with it and that's just that's just a learning experience yeah, for sure. And if you guys want to see Nick's deck, um, it's his top 16 Gogeta Xeno deck, head over to the Hermit Style YouTube. We did a deck profile. It is up there. And actually, by the time you hear this, uh, there may be Armando's deck as well to look up. But Nick's will definitely be up there. So if you kind of want to follow along with what we're saying, uh, you can check that out. And Nick, just kind of looking over your deck list, I know you said had you had more time you could have maybe fixed some of the problems to help you with Icarus are there any changes that you would have made to the main or sideboard like instantly had yes. you known okay well, yeah. what would so you have changed the biggest difference in what was changed and how it was changed so Armando and I actually built the deck together um before he submitted his list I think we were actually one for one on every card in the deck I think it was the exact same I believe yeah, I believe it was as well. And, may, then, he, may, and then he last second yeah. changed. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if you want to do spoilers on that or not. So I'll I'll, I'll leave that. You, you for, can, you can, because Armando did the he he did the King Cold deck profile. It's not his Gogeta, so you can you can let him know what, what the difference oh, okay. was. Okay, he's doing the King Cold. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah. So last minute, I can't even remember what he took out, but he main decked two Koitsukais, which I immediately told him like, "You're an idiot." <laughs> And I was like, do not do that. Take it back. Resubmit your list. I was like, that's not the way, man. I'm like, put more Koitsuka on the side if you really want to. But like, that's not going to change your day. And 
that was the one time that he's like ever admitted in his life that I was right. <laughs> it wasn't the first time, but it's the first time he admitted it. It's the tinkering, man. It's the tinkering. People in fantasy football, it's a, it's a big term. Everyone wants to tinker with their lineups just before you submit, and it's it's always neg. <laughs> you got I, you got to go with the tried and true. I'm a firm believer in built like testing what you build and sticking with the game plan. If you want to do something last minute without like enough testing, it's, that's that's risking it for the biscuit. So yeah. I almost did the same thing as him, except mine was to my sideboard. So what I was actually going to do was take some cards out and put in four of the black smoke unison because I had noticed that um, that really made yeah that made a really big difference in the Acres matchup. Just because okay. then card disparity is kind of the exact same. So you're both just doing one or two things each turn. And it's going to be who just plays better at that point. And it just allows you to infinitely keep up with them while also not decking out. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah. So I, I would say that would have been the best thing to do for because looking back on it, there's about... Yeah, I, I can see four cards on my side that I honestly just never played, like the whole tournament. What what were they? So the second foo, but that's also just because I never ran into hatch. Okay. Uh my game plan for everything was first game, if they see foo or resolve it, I'm taking it out game two. Because they're just gonna be trying to play around it. Makes sense. And and most decks uh, outside of like black or green, I can kill them faster than that, anyways. So, not too much of an issue to take it out. Um, the fourth marvelous might didn't come in too frequently. Um, in testing, it came in a lot, but in reality, I usually didn't necessarily need to bother with it. Um, having four of that card going second is just huge. Um, but it because I already have four blockers in the main. It, if anything, it's kind of greedy. You, you need to go for other plays, in my opinion. Um, and I probably just could have taken out the Supreme Kai of Times. Um, when were you bringing this, in the Marvelous Might? Literally, if I win game one, I'm bringing in game two. Just bring it in game two. Okay. Yeah, because then that way you have three different fusions you can do. I have twelve cards in the deck that I can do by turn two. Okay. So just. It just makes it because, like, if you go first, you can't bring Marvelous Might out till turn three, right? Unless your unless your opponent ramps, right? Okay, that makes so, sense. Yeah, but what? Which at that point, actually, they probably would just would have been. A, yeah, actually, that doesn't make a difference to you if they ramp, because that's two energy for them, anyways. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Regardless. Um. Yeah. So same. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the fourth Vegeta True Fighting Spirit was good. Um, I think I ended up not bringing in Rebellion Hammer once in the entire day. Really? Wow. I might have I might have brought it in once, but I didn't resolve it once the entire day. Um, the sequencing required for Koitsukai was just so dumb against Icarus. Um, in testing, I would have completely probably just completely cut the card. Um, and again, that just would have made made room for that uh at the end of the day you can still plan for it you can make some kind of wonky plays but uh (laughs) if you don't have like (laughs) nick said i wouldn't even side this card (laughs) it's one energy and 
that deck, like you can't even do anything with it until like turn three. Something I talked and complained to Amara about was like there's no natural way with for the deck to get it in the drop unless right. you're doing that's the big issue. Well, because you combo it off, so now instead of their first one being like two cards out of hand, it's really just a neg one for them as far as card disparity goes. Yeah, and like and and playing against Andrew, um, he was smart enough to know to basically just manage my board, not go after life. And then I'm on the back foot in that matchup saying, I just have to accept that I'm not really going to be able to super command him. So the difference would have been that Rebellion Hammer would have been fine. But with more testing and looking at it, you're paying too much energy for Rebellion Hammer to justify it. And you're taking away your ability to overwhelm. So at a certain point, Rebellion Hammer just kind of does nothing. Gotcha. Okay. That's that's kind of the reality in that in that if you want to stop their floodgate. Okay. So so those would be the four: Foo, Marvelous Might, Rebellion Hammer, or Foo, Marvelous Might, and then the two Kawitsukai would be the four. Or would you cut the Rebellion Hammer as well? Probably the Rebellion Hammer cutting okay. it, just because like the sequencing to get it off, where you're optimally playing one energy for it, is just not. It doesn't make sense. Gotcha, gotcha. So you would. Take four out, throw in the other unison. Black smoke unison. And then is there anything else that you would side in for that matchup? Or are there any other matchups that you feel that you didn't account for or would have preferred to have other cards in the sideboard for? I should have been a little more greedy about it and just put in four to burr instead of two. Okay, that's fair. Realistically. How like, relevant was it know. swinging into like a floodgate that you would have wanted to have Deborah? Was Did that ever come up? Yeah, I did it once. It was actually on stream against Ernest. Um, I I was looking at the play and I really did not need to do it, but I just didn't have like any negates in hand anyways. So I was like, whatever. I'm like, we got energy to burn. This can let me deck filter and it gives me combo power for next turn. So we'll do the swing. We'll Debura. Um, but I didn't really add anything to hand because that was um off going it um into a topo into a topo right so it's just two for two but you get yeah, the body. it just yeah it gave me the body which is really just more combo power and then on top of that it let me duck duck filter a little bit more so sure, sure. it didn't do anything um both four games were the attack go through yeah but if he does so like I don't really net anything off of it though, because he's playing King Piccolo. So if he negates the first swing, I should have just left it anyways. Because once I swing the second time, then I'm deck filtering, losing energy, and then he's gonna go plus one essentially because he's gonna be able to combo off his leader ability. Yeah. So realistically I should have just ate it and passed, but I I had such a bad setup and he he really hit curve that game. I don't think any of that would have actually made a difference anyways. Um, biggest takeaway from that game too against Ernest in round five was just scooping faster and not going till the end. Yeah, no, knowing when to scoop is huge. <laughs> like I was pretty sure we had enough time regardless because I was like, well, I'm going to go first game three and this is going to end turn four. But yeah, probably could have just scooped faster and actually had him break. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, cool. Um, anything else you wanted to note about changes 
to the because we we broke down your list pretty good in the in the video and we went through each card individually. But anything else just based off your day that you would change before we get into your specific matchups? Yeah. So the biggest tech and the one thing that was annoying for me was I would say uh, Demon God Demigra. So there's a reason why he's in there. Um, it's because we were expecting a good number of sin. Right. And sin's a longer matchup. So the thought process was if we don't main deck something for sin, we could really, really experience pain. And that matchup was pretty. It's probably close to Icarus in the fact that it's kind of pilot dependent at the end of the day. Um, I, we had done more testing against that than Icarus, sadly. Um, but we just kind of knew it's, it wouldn't call it dice rolly, but it's just kind of like how good is each pilot and at least in hand, do they see enough pieces to be able to sequence things well enough by turn three? Okay. Would you keep that in the main or would you push it to the side? Well, considering I didn't see any sin, <laughs> um, I would have preferred to, to just have side. a Barduk. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Barduk, the Tenacian in the main, and then um, one secret identity. Oh, man. Barduk that the was the biggest thing. is such a sick card. Did you ever bring that in? Yeah, I, I brought it into quite a few matchups. I brought it in against King Piccolo. I brought it in. Um, actually, the one the one matchup that I should have brought it in that I did. I actually don't think I did. Yeah, I didn't. And that was dumb. Was against Jared in round seven. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Be because I went, I, I got absolutely bodied game one. But because I was going first, I was like, we can actually finish this fast enough game two, I think. Um, that I probably just don't need it and we'll side in for game three, but there was no side. There was no game three. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, let's, uh, let's change gears and let's just hop into your matchup since we've kind of already started talking about them a bit. Do you want to just run us through your run at Nats? Yeah. So round one, why is this loading up slow? It was against Pedro. Yeah, Pedro Diaz Gonzalez. Um, he's playing. Yeah, actually, this is the funniest thing. So everyone obviously experienced the same thing. That was the repair. Yeah. Round one. So I was originally <laughs> on like table one against Icarus, and I was like, "Great." <laughs> and I was like, "This is the only time we're going to be potentially on table one all day because this could go bad." <laughs> and it got repaired down to like table like one hundred something against Raditz. <laughs> that poor soul <laughs> you know it, it almost went in his favor so this is one i believe i only won two die rolls all day um i believe it was just round one and round five um pretty sure there might have been one more but i honestly don't recall that's but I'm pretty wild, sure it was man. just two. yeah well this is also a deck i'm very comfortable going second with like i'm routinely terrible at winning die rolls and gogeta really doesn't care if it wins the die yeah, roll or not. that means you just could do attack sooner <laughs> Yeah, unless it's the mirror, then obviously that's huge. But right, right. That's what it is there. Yeah, so I almost lost game one. So I, uh, I, I didn't see a single card to actually do like diffusion until turn four. Oh my god! And I and I did a full mulligan six with him. That's wild. So, uh, yeah, like I I was still able to win it. Um, I two owed him. Uh, game two was not even close, even remotely. Um. But yeah, game one, I only won because I just stopped charging it too. No kidding. <laughs> yep. I just stayed at two energy. And I was like, this is the only way we get there. So we're just staying at two. 
Wow. <laughs> yeah, that matchup was poor. Like that was just that first game went. I was like, man, I'm like, I I knew I was gonna whiff a game. I'm like, but like, are we seriously gonna lose our best matchup going first? <laughs> so I was like, this is horrible. And like, he wasn't the fastest player either. So I'm really glad that I didn't scoop or anything because it would have been a draw. It would have been a draw. Yeah. So I'm happy I thought that one through. Yeah. Um, round so that yeah, I two oh won that one. Game two wasn't close. That was just go go go. Right. Um, I saw my pieces. I set it in two Debura, and then he yeah. was just. Done. I mean, when your deck works, it's just a really bad matchup for Reddits. Yeah. Um, round two, <laughs> I think I got jumped up to like table three or something, but uh, it was against set nine Bobbity. Uh, Jose. <laughs> That yeah. guy was sitting next to me during the original uh, pairing. <laughs> so first off, I'll say is props off to him for running his first round. Yeah. Well, you know what he was playing against? What? Uh, set 10 blue trunks. <laughs> I was like, that would do it. what is happening? Uh, yeah, but uh, sorry. Continue on. <laughs> no, that. That would do it. So yeah, neither of those games were close. Um, like he he kind of just said, like I'm local, I don't care. I've been keeping up with the game. My buddy just gave me the deck, and I'm just here to kind of like get my prizing and go home. Is literally what he told me. So I was like, yep, like fair enough. Yeah, but sure. I just the whole strategy on that one was literally just let him get me to four as quickly as possible, so I can super command him, and then he's done. Yeah, makes sense. Which is what happened both games. So. But granted, like he didn't test, he didn't do anything. Like, right. That just was what it was for that one. Um, those like, I I was so confused. What Nats is having those two as my first two <laughs> rounds? I was like, you're like, am I? Is this a webcam? <laughs> oh, dude, like that was like I think like 12 minutes for those two games. <laughs> like everyone was just like, holy crap! Someone finished two games already. <laughs> um. So that gave me an opportunity to walk around the, r- the room and just see like how many of like leaders were kind of about. Um, so that was kind of interesting to see and in that we did basically call the meta right. So that that was reassuring. Um, round three was against Kyle Thompson. Um, he was actually like a few minutes late and I was nervous because like this dude's going to like bring sin. And he's late. I'm like, this is such BS. <laughs> but uh, he he brought a Hetku or Helku or whatever the the yellow Super Saiyan Four Goku. Yeah, yeah, Helku. Hetku yeah, is I, the sublet uh, terminology. <laughs> well, everyone calls something different. I don't really care. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I gave him shit for um, not running Sin. I'm like, you're wild, man. And I was like, Sin's got a good spread right now. Yeah. He felt differently, but I was like, all right. Um, I won games one and three in that one. That was just like an easier version of Icarus, basically. Yep. Yep. That engine is just so big in that deck compared to Icarus. It just can do everything better with a smaller engine. <laughs> yeah. Um, round four was against Butters. Uh, round four is when I ran out of steam completely. So a, a little bit of backstory on this one heading back. Um, I had a really easy flight day coming in, and we we're supposed to have a full day off to get prepared and things go well. 
uh, it did not go that way. I waited <laughs> at LAX for like 11 hours because <laughs> Armando kept getting his flight delayed. And people kept asking, like, hey, is anyone at LAX? I'm like, yeah, I'm waiting. I'm like, come to Terminal 4. And then no one would ever respond. I'm like, cool, this is what it's like to not have friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> now I know. Um, yeah, so I, eventually I just reached into the fuck it bucket and I was like, whatever. I'm like, I don't feel like waiting at the hotel room for five hours. Because most people were coming in Friday that I knew. Right. So I was like, whatever. I'm like, I'll just wait here for Armando. And then uh, I mean, true, Armando talk. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Armando, were like, you know what? Let's just wait for Eric too, because he's only going to arrive like 30 minutes after, because Armando got screwed, but I'll let him tell you that whole story. <laughs> um, but, then our, but then Eric's flight got delayed. So we waited for like another hour and a half on top of that. So he spent the whole day <laughs> in the airport. <laughs> I, I waited at LAX from noon until 11 p.m. Yeah. Dang. Whew. Yeah. That wasn't a great day. And then we, None of us are really used to traveling without our spouses, so we were not prepared to plan the next day. <laughs> and because we're all from Canada, like we're just worried about trying to like eat and like test and stuff the next day that we didn't get around to trying to book our COVID test to get back into Canada until like 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. and barely got something in. Shoot. <laughs> so Basically, we spent the night before just stressed out of our minds. And then we finally got that done at like 7 p.m. Then all of a sudden we realized like we're all starving. So <laughs> and then we're like, man, we still got to test because we don't know some of these matchups. So when we're testing, <laughs> it's <was> horrible. <laughs> so I got three hours sleep the night before. Oh, my God, dude. I didn't I get knew much sleep, not what but I uh, you got definitely less than me. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely not what's needed. So luckily, Parenthood has prepared me to at least moderately run on no there sleep. You go. <laughs> yeah, so huge, huge leg up there on the crowd. But yeah, so there's a reason why I started running out of st steam uh, come round four. No coffee, three hours sleep. I was very thankful. I, I had a deck that basically runs itself at this point. But I proved you still need at least one brain cell, which I didn't have when I was playing this. <laughs> Starting round four, um, I think every single game starting at uh, round four and later, I missed at least one draw for an auto. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I forgot, like, two or three times after that to, like, warp something with my um, thwarting. Like, I was, like, done. Like, my brain was, wasn't even working. Like, I literally went to go combo something against Butters. And then I was just, like, before I placed it, I was like, oh, wait, I'm, like, auto. I'm, like warp and he's like if you're not it was like if you i didn't know you weren't teammates with jerry he's like i wouldn't let you have it <laughs> and i was like well the combo never hit the board yeah <laughs> so i don't know props to him for not scumming me on it but apparently i really need my opponents to not scum me to get wins <laughs> so oh man um yeah, shout, shout out to Butters for, for being a trooper on that one. He His deck just utterly failed him about as bad as mine failed me in round one. So, I hear that. Um, he was very positive. He had a positive matchup uh, against Gogeta through my testing and, and how what, we built the deck. what was he deck. playing? Oh, nothing other than King Cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... At least the way that Armando and I built the deck, because we played a lot of King Cold um, and against it, uh, I, I don't think it's a bad matchup for Gogeta at all. Um, you, you essentially just you play the shield more and let them try and be the sword. Because green has to pay energy for everything. 
and they really don't do a whole lot with that energy. So I'd rather them just try and spend energy to try and spin the wheels. And then I can just wait to let them not finish the job and then go from there. So that's really what happened. I just never took my life and forced him to do it for me. Because if I don't have a negate or a block at some point, I can't combo out with a bunch of 25, 30k double strikes. Right. So that's great that's advice. basically where you just yeah, a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of skill in knowing your matchups with Gogeta and knowing when is it appropriate for me to take life on attack and when is it not. Uh, I think a lot of players just auto or just like rip the life plus two and it's just not always the way to do it. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely the way to go with like the spammy like PyCon version where you or Pygohan or however the card game wants us to say it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well i just grew up with PyCon. that's weird reading that it's like all right had it wrong this whole time um i'm always gonna say PyCon, and i'm always gonna spell it p-i-k-k-o-n i don't care <laughs> <laughs> good for you <laughs> you're a better man than me um damn where was i going with that train of thought Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, the, the original version was much more, like, low-to-the-ground spammy, and I think that version does poorly against against King Cold, because it's just a bunch of one-drops, so they can just scoop up your whole board with a free negate. Right. Whereas mine, I don't really care about getting any of the tax boys on the board. I'll keep maybe one on every once in a while, but that's not the ultimate goal. It's just to kind of pester them enough with those that when I'm swinging in with my 30k bodies, if you don't have a gate and have fun. Right. Yep. Yeah. That was, uh, that, that, that's basically the matchup for that one. So yeah, his, his deck definitely failed in that one, which felt bad for him for sure. Um, round five was against Ernest. So that one was on stringium. You can check that out on, uh, stage zero. They've got those permanently recorded. So you can always check those out. Uh, I made apparently a bad, misplay on it or something i can't remember i i think it was just that i just forgot to draw something i don't know but again i was running on no steam or i, I was only running on steam proving a point on that i guess by saying it um but yeah that was one over two that we won the die roll so i won game one and game three so just the two that i went first gotcha and okay. for e each of us it was just a complete like landslide wasn't close very one-sided Really? Okay, so it's just a really die roll dependent matchup? I would say both die roll and on top of that, he wasn't able to sequence I mean, I guess it matters. It's about the same either way if he does actually able if he is able to sequence things in such a way to get his, you know, turns one through three off correctly. Which, like, I don't even think he saw his unisons against the games that I beat him on. Dang. Like just flat out didn't see it. <laughs> or it was so late that it just, it didn't, just didn't matter. matter it was point. like Yeah. Yeah, it's like we can't even afford to spend the two energy on this. Right, right. So that was pretty nuts. But when I was able to go first against him, it was literally just like we're swinging face, we're comboing up five on each of these. He's he's going down to two life, and then he's just on the back foot. So that's definitely one where you want to push forward, but the advantage he got going first, being able to actually hit his unison turn two, just made a world's difference each time. Right. Yeah. When he can just get that curve good. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that was a two one. 
Um, round six was against Jordan Beard, so we had a little Canadian face-off. <laughs> we both got our decks checked. That took like 20 minutes. It was kind of wild. It took 20 um, minutes? It it was at least fifteen or something like wow. it was. It took a long time. That's crazy. And then apparently one of his cards was like bent or something like that. So he had to like scrounge and like find a replacement for it. They're like, you're not. They're like, this is just a warning. You just need to find a replacement or move something from your side into your main because basically like you can't run this in the deck because it's bent. Wow. Um. Yeah. Lord knows what happened that. Lucky for, I tried going through my binder to see if I had another copy of it because I, I don't know. To me, that'd be shitty. Like if something gets bent while playing, like things happen. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So luckily, he had a teammate to replace it for him, and then we were able to just keep going. Um, that one. So he's playing Golden Frieza. Luckily, I had a European player um, reach out to me once and practice against Gogeta and Cell Surge for their Nats. So I more or less saw very close to their list playing against him so the irony was he thought i was helping him but he was helping me uh, <laughs> <laughs> so i was at least somewhat ready for the matchup but their build was different enough that uh jordan jordan got me game one uh he played it like phenomenally i don't think he got taxed once for any of my my uh true fighting spirits wow that's pretty crazy like he yeah, that, that man put in the work. Uh he knew completely how to to play around them. He was like, This isn't this ain't a problem. Wow. So he took game one, I took game two, and then unfortunately for both of us, uh so we were we were actually told I, I can't remember who the judge is, but I wouldn't say the name even though I did remember. Um, because we're both just like Jordan looked at me and he's like, Yeah, so it's like a tie, right? And I was like, Well, how much time is left? And I think there were like five minutes and the judge is with us on table one and there's like 50 people watching even though you're not allowed to watch games but whatever <laughs> um um and i look at the judge and i was like well how much time do we have to decide and he's like you have three minutes i'm like yeah but there's five minutes so we can't have a tie he's like well he's like it depends how long how long you need to think about siding i'm like i don't know if i'm being coached how to tie right now or not or if i'm being trolled or what's going on. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm like, I'll think about a little bit, Jordan's thing a little bit. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, we can't, we can't technically tie because there's two minutes left. So I was like, whatever. Like, we'll spend a couple minutes and then we're going into turns regardless. I'm like, but I also don't want to spend too much, waste too much of the clock on this because if we're going into turns um, and he's going first, I don't want to get completely screwed. Right. So we go in. He just had an absolute brick of a hand. I think he said he started with like four or five of the um, Zamasu counterplay. The Eliminator. <laughs> in his hand. So like he just like he had to charge like tapped energy. He couldn't really combo a whole lot. Like he was just like he just couldn't do anything. Oh, so man. he tried swinging into me and he got me down to like I think six life or something. And then um I got him down to like five and again, like my brain wasn't even working. I literally like I, I tied him in life and I could have just played a battle card and passed. But oh my God. I just like swung. I just I just kept swinging to <laughs> to try and get damage in. But I was like, the judge was like, yeah, dude, he's like, you could have just played a battle card and passed. And I was like, right. <laughs> and I was like, I wasn't thinking today. I'm, I'm tired. 
So yeah, we, we started out the tournament six Oh, which was pretty cool. So at that point I felt very, but, okay. So he we did, were, you uh, did get him down another life though. You did. Yeah. Get the life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, he, he took the life on that one, but because he had like one battle card on board and we were tied and I had two, he's like, yeah, he could have just, just played the second battle yeah, card and not swung yeah. it didn't matter. But, yeah. but he's like, but he whatever, he's way. like, it's the same difference. Yeah. yeah. So that's what that was. Um, so yeah, we like scummed a 2-1 basically, but that's time rules and... Time rules are terrible, man. It just was what it was. Yep. Uh, so round seven, we were very fortunate enough to be at the top tables and go against Jared Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> so lost lost the die roll there again um i through my so we actually had one of our teammates zach who was playing 16 and i've i've played against 16 with cell but not really as gogeta for the most part mm-hmm. and most 16 players take it a little slower so game one I was sitting in a relatively comfortable spot and I chose to tap out at a certain point where he only had like one, one blocker on board and one energy open. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, this is, this is a swing that we can just tap out for and we're fine. And this is on like his turn. I think his, his turn three, but he had four energy. Okay, man. (laughs) This guy punished me. (laughs) He, he proceeds to like double bean. And then go into like another blocker and then like bean again and then do two Zamasus. Oh my God. So it didn't even matter what he did. He's like, this dude's now, he's like, this dude's going to go on the back pedal and he's going to, or maybe he, yeah, I think he awoken as so yeah, he double beamed awakened and then did all that. Oof. But I was like, even on, even for him to awaken and two energy, I'm like, he's basically capped out. Like he can waste a couple of cards with my hand, but that's it. Oh no, I was wrong. So <laughs> Batman, Batman stole blood, and he could smell blood, and he just went for it. And so I was like, "Crap!" Was like, we just got bodied. So going into tank game two, um, I sided in the two Debra. Um, the one thing that really sucked for both games one and two is by turn two, I had milled three super combos both times. Oh man, that's rough. So yeah, it was basically GGs. I was still able to get a fusion off by turn two both games, but when you lose three super combos yeah. against a deck that's going to hand destruction you, it's rough. That's not exactly no. a great strategy. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> tough, man. That's so, tough. As soon as I saw that, and I was like, mm, "Game two is not going to go great." <laughs> and so, yeah, that one he was able to do the same thing. I assumed he only had two Zamasu in main and another one inside, but he actually had three in main, four and fourth in the side. So he he doubled Zamasu in both games, and he was just able to get there. So. He, he, I knew what was up for game two. I was prepared for it, but he, uh, he saw the pieces I didn't. And that's fine. Like he, he played both games phenomenally well. Very good pilot of the deck. So that was our first loss. We weren't completely disappointed because it was like fair enough. We knew the deck would fail us at some point. That's okay. Um, round eight was against Dylan Warren on PPG. That was the mirror. I lost the die roll, so that was already terrible um our mills and our plays each turn as far as like ability to fusion was about the exact same games one and two uh the difference was just who went first basically um he was able to maintain a better hand size both games 
But because of my unison, he had to waste a bunch of attacks just trying to manage that. So as Gogeta, if you're losing two to three four swings over a few turns, that's pretty big. That's that's added pressure gone. Just to avoid that one damage. So yeah, th- that sure. that was able to help me to get the win for game two in that one. And then game three, we went into ties. Um, I, I noticed he was going a little bit slow game one, but it's also like end of the day, and I was kind of so burnt out, I kind of wanted to go at a slightly slower pace. Um, but I probably should have called Judge on that one, because honestly, we would have been able to play like a proper game three had I... But like there was a Judge beside us, but I still could have been like, hey, like I think we need to pace up the game. I, I probably should have called a judge on that one just to make sure that if we're going to go into time, because the Gogeta Mirror is super grindy. Um, that that could have made a difference um, to be able to actually complete game three. And it was the, the same way that I won round six against Jordan was the same way I lost round eight against Dylan. Just same thing. He just he was able to go first and he was able to see better stuff than me i didn't see unison or anything like that so i just wasn't able to get enough swings off and rough man he was able to bardock he was able to bardock the tenacious me oh so I was like, that's broken in overtime that's yeah, crazy so I was like, yeah, yeah and he sequenced it perfectly too because he just did all of his swings and then finished with bardock the tenacious and i was like mm, yeah that's that's basically it i was like if this man has a negate and he's got it and he had a blocker on field or something too, I think. Oh my god. <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> yeah. Man. So I was like, well, that's um I was like, that's basically that's and in my head, and I was like, Good luck me being able to top 16 X2. I'm like, there's only gonna be a couple of us probably probably. So I was like, Well, we'll get top 32, that's pretty good. Is what it is. And uh, was very happy to not have my name called in the top 32 portion. And then you're in there. <laughs> yeah, I was. I don't usually get excited very much, but uh, that one I actually screamed with excitement. I was. I was pretty fucking pumped. <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit!" I'm like, "We, I'm like, we messed up. We messed up. Got X2, and we actually still got in." I was like, "That's wild, dude!" It, it was so awesome. I was so hyped when they called your name. We were going crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I lost my voice a little bit. I was too excited. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Well, that that is, man, that, that's a crazy run. So you make it through day one on three hours of sleep. You make it X2. You get your way into top 16. And then, like, what was going through your head as far as, like, what you need to do to prepare now for day two? Uh, so obviously because of seating, I knew I was going up against Andrew Duvall. Um, here's the other fun little tidbit of the day. Um, cause you and me had our food struggles. Uh, my doctor had me going through for a low FODMAP diet. She's pretty sure I had IBS, which I, that was confirmed after Nats that I do have IBS. So figuring out food on a Saturday night at like 10 PM, you wouldn't think would be like the biggest problem ever. Oh, wow. it, was, it was the biggest problem ever, bro. Oh my God. That was horrible. Downtown and then just Pasadena like, sucks. It is a terrible place. <laughs> but that's, but that's also just like, like, I don't know. Calgary is pretty 24 seven as far as food goes. But ever since COVID happened, like it ain't like that anymore. 
Like most stuff's like closed by ten usually. So, I don't know, man. We we were in LA afterwards. Yeah, I I assume uh, th- things were popping in LA. In LA. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's it's because Pasadena is more of like a smaller town yeah, portion. Yeah, of. yeah, yeah. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, my assumption was it shouldn't make a difference, but I was wrong. Oh, it made a difference. Well, we got oh, out yeah. really late day one. Day one, we didn't get out till we didn't even start able to look for food till after like ten thirty. Well, we were kind of slow because like all of us were just trying to like see each other and talk. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's just a bunch of dudes without their spouses trying to like plan <laughs> something, which is just it's so bad. Seriously, if your wife offers to go an event with you, bring her. Yo, we literally ended up somehow in three different groups. <laughs> I don't know how that even happened, but we ended up, there was a group of us at the hotel, a group then, well, so it was two groups, right? There was a group of us that was at the hotel and then a group of us was like, we're going to go find food. And, um, and everyone's just trying to be so nice being like, Nick, you topped for us. So like, we need to find you good food. Yeah. And then I'm just like, I'm like, I can't eat anything. They're like, get fucked. <laughs> You're <laughs> eating, <to> Nick. <laughs> You're eating good. Damn it. <laughs> Oh, uh, but yeah, we got like, what did we get? Tacos or something? I can't well, remember. Um, we went to, so shout out to Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. That was, Andrew like, put us on a right? wild goose chase <laughs> and we gave him nonstop shit for it. <laughs> okay. But he, that man fucking saved me. So for some reason in the States, when you say I can't have onions or garlic, it'll actually basically kill me. I love the flavor, but it'll kill me. So please make sure it's not in my food. They'd be like, can't comprende. <laughs> and your stuff was just covered in it. <laughs> and the and the and the only thing that worked was Andrew being able to say, can we just get all that on the side? They're like, oh, that makes sense. We'll do that. Hell but yeah. they actually did do that right. The, the day after that, they, they messed up and there was just literally just a tortilla filled with only onions basically oh, and man. i was like <laughs> it's like cool like i get chefs hate custom orders but man i was like you could have just said no <laughs> <laughs> no i just had to give andrew crap because we gave him crap for like a solid 12 hours because he like we went to a place i guess that was like uh it was like closing and then, well then that place was actually about to close too they were it said on Google that they were closing at 11.45, and we got there at, like, 11, and they are like, oh, we're closing. <laughs> we were like, what? Oh, <laughs> uh, that. I'm thinking the night before, then, for food. Yeah, yeah, but... W- so, like, me and Eric just ended up eating there and getting it, and yeah, that yeah. was the night. So, like, basically half my food, I had to, like, throw it all... And I was, like, talking yeah, to that, the that, owner. Yeah, that like, was Saturday. That was that was the night. Okay, the yeah, that 16. was... A, yeah, yeah, Eric and I were both just, like, we both have IBS, like, we... We can't eat these foods. Is there anything on the menu we can have? They're like, <laughs> we, we can't have this stuff. And like, literally, they just slapped sour cream and cheese oh, and garlic no. and onions into everything. And we're just like, man, we paid you guys like 50 US. <laughs> and then oh, while man. you guys are waiting on your food, me and Armando looked at the menu and we're like, eh, we're going to go somewhere else. <laughs> and then me, Armando, Andrew, and Jay walked to king taco shout out to king taco that place was sick and then yeah. uh we all found ourselves back at the hotel but yeah so, somehow we we wound up in three different groups and it, it was it was a big mess but 
Uh, yeah. But you. Then Giancarlo. Oh, sorry. You, you finish. No, I was going to. That's actually where I was going. I said, but you ended up testing some after the food fiasco, right? So I wouldn't exactly call this testing or like Giancarlo was nice I was enough asleep. to like I don't know. I was me. like, no, I'm going to bed. <laughs> oh, he messaged me like past midnight being like, yo, like you, you should be getting some testing. And I was like, yeah, I fucking do. Like, please come over. And both of us were so just like, I don't know. Here's a card. Does it go sideways? Maybe like <laughs> do a combo here. Have a combo. Like that was just dead. like we didn't, even, we, we did like four turns and we're like, that's Icarus. He's like, we're both just like, yeah, let's go to bed. Like, <laughs> bless that man. Bless that man's soul. But like, that was the most useless testing. Either of us. I know for a fact he hasn't had worse testing than that. that so we were both just a couple of brainless idiots being like cards go sideways things come out right we're like okay cool like that was <laughs> like we, did, we didn't even oh, bother finishing the game we're just like we both need to go to bed we're like yeah <laughs> all right so you get four turns of practice versus your versus your, versus your top 16 matchup and then so what happens so you get to the event and it's time right you're about to play andrew duvall yeah so that was uh that was definitely interesting. Very, very good player, very surgical with his actions. Um it, it, the one thing I found so funny and I talked about with some guys uh on the team, I'll try not to go too in depth with it because out of respect of Andrew, I'll just kinda leave it be and other people can figure it out on their own. But with like the poker background, there's definitely a lot of like physical things that I'm able to pick up on just from like training. Yeah, well, and um, you were you were a uh, poker you you dealed poker right for a long time. Well, I I played before I dealt. I just okay. kind of so like I literally actually moved to Calgary over a decade ago just to play, um, of all games, limit poker for a living. Wow. Um. Yeah. So I eventually the twenty forty game kind of just died. And I didn't want to try and live off 20 bucks an hour doing 4-8 anymore, which is really good money for that game. But yeah, I was you, like, you, you've lost me. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking yeah. about, but it's okay. Basically, but, you're, but the point you're is, legit with the, poker. The, the, <laughs> the, the bigger game was more or less dead. And I was like, I'm kind of not going to go back to smaller stakes to grind. I'll, I'd rather just have a guaranteed 20 bucks an hour versus having to grind for it and having any amount of risk. So then I just started dealing more than playing. Um, so like, I, yeah, I've got I've got lots of experience in online and live uh, poker, mostly medium stakes. So that's still buying in for like a few, to, like usually around a few grand. So like I would always keep <sighs> like five, five, about five to seven grand. I would keep on cash me at all times. Oh my god, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically middle stakes poker. Like high stakes is you're playing for houses basically. <sighs> All right. So, so so but this but this clearly came into play, right? You would think. So I, I was laughing with the team being like, this dude's surgical, but I also noticed in like a few of these things where it's like I knew when things were shifting just by very like small um gestures he'd make and how he would do things but the funny thing with dragon ball is like end of the day like even if you know something's not going in your opponent's favor or is going in your favor it doesn't matter because you're either at the disadvantage and you can't do anything about it 
or you have the advantage and it don't and matter because you you're anyway. just like <laughs> so we're gonna steamroll and so i was laughing in my head being like i have this really valuable information that he's trying to withhold and it actually doesn't make a difference <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it made me feel good because in game three uh there was an opening and i did a sequencing error and again this is just last um lack of practice and i played Finn, which was a sideboard card of mine to warp most of his board, and then just leaving one energy up, and it's kind of a... If he has Bergamo, even if I leave all my energy up, it's the same difference, so we might as well just get rid of the board. But, okay. yeah, he... Um, he Bergamoed me, but the worst part about it was he had already seen two of his um, unisons. One was charged, the other one I got rid of. So I was kind of like, he either has the third one or he doesn't. He had it. Don't know, you know, and he had it, so... Then he just played it again for like three or four energy and then just tapped my energy, with my blocker and my other card. And that was, that it. was yeah. So it, it was just one of those things. So I was like, if he has it, he has it. And there's literally nothing I can do to change anything because I had zero negates in hand. So I was like, if I would have had a negate in hand, I actually would have just left all the energy up. But not having it, I, I'd rather at least do something that puts me in a positive position. Right, but yeah, that's rough. Yeah. That's rough. But man, you did incredible. Um, top sixteen, your first major event at the biggest event you can get to. Uh, you know, outside of worlds, the big, the biggest event for Dragon Ball. Um, so that mm-hmm. that's really incredible, man. Like, I'm oh, so proud of you, dude. <laughs> like, I was, I was like, I was so mad about. <laughs> Um, just things that happened in my day that I talked about earlier in the episode. But as soon as you got top 16, I was like, this is sick. <laughs> like, this is sick. Like that made it all worth it. I was so stoked for you, man. Yeah, it felt good. Cause like Armando and I put a lot of time into the list and, um, I think we could have formulated a, a better side, but considering we haven't been doing best of threes, like at all, and just not enough testing for it. it I don't know. We got what we got. It's fine. Um, basically Armando and I shared a top. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you both put a ton of time into that deck. So that's really cool. Um, and I just kept the prizing and didn't share it with them. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, man, how does it feel to have one of those metal cards? Really good. That was like the sickest part. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll admit there's at least a 1% like decision-making process of Gogeta because I was like, if we can play the Gogeta leader and get top 16, that would be Dude, oh so that's sweet. that's so dope. That's so dope. You topped with the leader you won. That's so cool. Yeah, so that, that definitely felt good. Those are just sitting pretty protected. Dude, man, it looks so, like, I knew they were cool, but I'd never seen one in person. And, like, getting to see yours up close, I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, and, and then, like, we're, we're sitting there just, like, holding it and just it basking in its glory. Chris Anderson comes over, he's like, oh, okay, so they just did this. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, Chris, he, at least lie to the man oh. into his face, be like, oh, that's really <laughs> difficult. <laughs> Yeah, it's like this would be very expensive and difficult to complete this process. Yeah, no, Chris is like easy, got it. Yeah, shout out TCG medals. <laughs> oh, that, that just made me laugh. He's like, ah, oh, we got him. And I was like, oh, there you go. Now you can just make all of our, make all of these. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, I would never do that. I'm like, 
wink wink yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um oh man but yeah that the prizing was so sick man um and are you so what have you decided what you're doing with all the pricing? Are you keeping any of it, selling it? So I had a very negative experience um, winning December finals for webcams like a year ago, I think. I think it was about a year ago. Um, so it was December. I, yeah, yeah <laughs> I was. I was shorter. <laughs> yeah, I was shorter in cash on that one just because we had um, we had just had our kid. And I'd fired some clients that were just really time consuming and just lost me holding on to them as long as I did just cost me a lot of clients and earning money. So I was kind of burnt out around of work by that time. And I definitely needed the cash. So I sold all of my prizing really quickly for like around two grand, I think from December finals, which was like not bad, but the amount I could have earned instead would have been significantly more and like that definitely sat with me being like all right they got us once they're not getting us again so um i I haven't moved any of like the higher end stuff i've moved most of my like regional winner cards the one that say winner on them um but any of like the finalist stamp cards i've moved the gold stamped um champ pack cards i haven't moved uh, the leaders I haven't moved. Um, so I've just, I, I moved all the, like the, the cheaper stuff. Are you planning to move the higher end stuff? Or are you keeping any of it or still undecided? Um, I'd be willing to, for the right price. Um, I, I know I, I've gotten some offers that weren't like terrible for some of them. Like I, I received like a 1200 CAD offer for the, the alt art leader which I wouldn't say is a terrible offer. Like that's still about a grand US. Um, I had received a 4,500 US offer for both leaders, which I mean, considering the size of the game, I wouldn't say that's a terrible offer, but knowing how much some of them have already sold for, that's a very low offer. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I I'm at a stage in my life where like two grand's not really going to change anything for me. Right. So I'd rather keep them if it's not going to be for something that actually pays for a good chunk of vacation or something like that. At that point I would start considering it, but that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, it's, you know, it's something that you want and it's, it's just such a dope card to have too, but that, uh, that makes sense. I mean, there's a price for everything, right? (laughs) Well, like end of the day, like, there's a finite amount of these you're only getting these from one big exclusive event eventually people are going to stop selling them yep and then it's just who's ever willing to offer more to get these so the value of them isn't going down if i want to hold on to them for two or three years it's only going up yeah it it ain't going down so i'm not in a financial position where like i need to make five thousand dollars yesterday um Obviously, everyone wouldn't be upset with an extra five thousand dollars in the bank account, but I'd rather have them than the money at this point. Very cool. So very th- cool, man. Th- they'll they're always open for sale if someone ever wants to make an offer. But I'm okay. Well, there I'm you not go. Letting them go for a small amount. Well, if anyone uh you know wants want is interested and just is dying to have them, hit Nick up. Maybe maybe your offer will be <laughs> the one that tickles his fancy. You know. 
There you go. Um, well, dope, man. Well, hey, this this has been awesome. I'm sure everyone really appreciates you going through your run. Um, it's amazing that you topped. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about or just mention at all? Uh, I mean, like, biggest just a shout out to the team, really. Like, all the time everyone put in, we were definitely, <laughs> Armando and I were definitely prepared for Hatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we, even though he unfortunately, even though he unfortunately four? lost to it. <laughs> I think four of us took hatch. <laughs> yeah. Four of us took hatch. Like Armando and I were considering a certain point, but I got to a certain point in testing with it. And I was like, I'm not happy playing this deck yeah. and I'm not playing <laughs> a deck I'm not happy enough. with for a whole day. I was like, I can't. So well, well, you made, you made the right decision. Clearly, man. <laughs> but, uh, definitely a shout out to all the locals in Canada that are offering webcam locals across the country uh so that's essentially going to be three king's loot uh three mana dragon world i'm probably forgetting some other people obviously my locals uh that's going to be shoebox games all of them because that actually helped me get my gogeta uh thwartings without having to buy them so just being able to have the opportunity to like there's the scene in calgary is not big so we we basically get if we're lucky one kit per set max. So I rely on those those webcams to be able to just grind those out. So yeah, like huge shout out to all of them for actually keeping all that available for us to be able to play and get those hard to find TPs and not pay hundred plus for each of them. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, cool, man. Yeah. Well, uh, it was a pleasure as always having you on the show. I'm sure we'll be talking and playing very soon and I'm sure it won't be long before you're back on the pod, but again, man, congrats and, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. See ya. I got a special order on a pallet of sweets for Jocko. Wait, aren't you Monaka? Monaka's delivery service. All right, everybody. So that's it. This was a super long episode, but we had so much to talk about. We had Nick's run at Nats, my run at Nats. Um, I'm not going to do any uh, Q&A today, but make sure that you guys ask all the questions you'd like to know of maybe things that I didn't hit on from Nats that you wanted to hear about specifically. Uh, I've already got some questions piling in. I'm going to try and get to a bunch more and next week, I've got a treat for you all. We have Joku coming on the show. I actually recorded the podcast earlier today. It'll release next week. What a treat, man. Like, Joku, amazing guy, has so many just great things he shared. Like, just drops so much knowledge about the game, um, about from a player all the way to the collector side. It's really just a phenomenal discussion. It was actually went on so long that I'm breaking it up into a two-part episode. Um, so yeah, get stoked. If you haven't checked out Joku, go check it out. It is just, it is an experience. Let's put it at that. <laughs> His channel is absolutely an experience that you don't want to be missing out on. So show him some love and um, yeah. That's it, everybody. Before I go, shout out to ProMats. Everyone that was playing at Nats on the Hermit Style mat, I don't think I had one person not come up to me and say, man, this mat is amazing. Like everyone was coming up to me saying that because they truly are. If you haven't gotten yours, hit me up. I've got more Hermit Style mats left. And uh, if you don't want a Hermit Style mat, that's cool too. Still show ProMats love. 
Grab a mat from them, promats-customs.com. They're the best mats in the game. Easily we're the best looking mats out there. Get yours today. And that's it, guys. We'll see you next week. Yeah, I got the real